Hello, welcome to the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan. I wanted to take a little time to talk about a few things that have been on my mind. Um, One of which I keep referencing at the beginning of a lot of these podcasts. I keep introducing myself as an alcoholic. Um, And uh, I don't know if if there are any regular listeners out there, but you'll notice that I get very self-conscious about it most every time. Um, And I try and shrug that off a little bit with a, with a little chuckle and some self self disparaging comment or something. But I do have some thoughts on that. Um, well, one, it, it reminds me of a conversation I had with someone a few years ago. Um, when I was still just a couple years into recovery, I suppose it was a girlfriend and, She's not an alcoholic, not a addict or whatever, just a regular person with the ability to smoke cigarettes and drink beer and take it or leave it, you know, that kind of weirdo. And um, I don't know, I don't remember what the conversation was. I think she had a, she had another friend who was in the program, and and um, she, we were discussing that person or or some some aspect of how the whole. Uh, being in recovery, being in the program affects your life and, and just what it means to do that. And I, I don't, I don't remember. All, all I remember was the, the con, the comment that she made. Um, and it was one of those, uh, yeah, but don't you think type phrasings, I think, which is part of why it stuck out to me. And she, she made the comment, um, yeah, you, but don't you think by introducing yourself as an alcoholic perpetually, when you're in a meeting and when you're doing stuff in in uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, don't you think that that's just um, a reinforcing behavior? Like you're just repeating it to yourself so that you come to believe it. Um, and, and her uh, implication by, by saying it the way she said it, um, the implication was that, you know, we were all deluding ourselves that, you know, if we didn't, the implication being that if we weren't repeating that to ourselves like a mantra of some sort, perhaps we wouldn't feel that we were alcoholic, right? And this was a person who was trained in hypnotherapy and had experiences, personals, like their own experiences with it and as, you know, receiving it and, and becoming a practitioner of it for a brief time, I guess. But, um, uh, and it just kind of highlighted a fundamental, misunderstanding i mean i i you can tell by the tone of my voice as i say that 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 perhaps isn't the best way to to phrase that it's it's not a fundamental misunderstanding i guess it's it's a difference between approaching and viewing what goes on in recovery from the outside from some from the perspective of someone who's not seeking recovery or has no reason or interest in seeking recovery versus someone who is inside someone seeking recovery, right? Like, and more poignantly in the program versus on the outside looking in, you know, someone who's embracing the program or attempting to versus someone who just has a cursory awareness, you know, cursory understanding of it, cursory interest. And, uh, 
Because I, I, I could see her point. I was like, well, um, I guess I can, I, I, I'm, I'm now making myself more, far more articulate than I was at the time. But, uh, you know, I can see where you would have that point of view, especially considering your background. But it's not really, that. that's the wrong way to think of it. You know, it's it, it's not, we're not repeating the phrase, you know, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm an alcoholic in some cult of personality way, for sure. It's not like, well, you must say this, otherwise you're not part of the club. Um, and we're not, we don't, the, the purpose in saying that is the anonymity of the thing, right? Like, it's it's the... I guess that's pretty vague too. Let me let me see if I can articulate this better. It's a leveling the playing field. So it's a, a humbling of your person and, and in an outward expression of that humbling, right? By by walking into the room, by sitting down in, in a seat, by taking your, your your place at the table in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, and it's kind of like a, a nod to acknowledging the first step, acknowledging your interest in the first step, acknowledging that that I have accepted in my heart that I'm an alcoholic. And I, I don't know the history. I'm guessing it was just stemming from early, early times in maybe that's why I made the, the comment about anonymity. I mean, it's it's a way of just saying, hey, everyone in this room is an alcoholic. If you're in this room, you're an alcoholic, and and that's the whole purpose of getting together and having this, you know, hour long meeting with other people of the same issues, and it's just kind of a respectful thing to say, yeah, I'm I'm Dylan, I'm an alcoholic, and here's what I got to say about this. Um, I, I don't I don't know. It has taken on a life of its own, I would assume. You know, there is an aspect of, you know, I feel it. If someone's in the room and they don't say that before they start talking, you're kind of like, well, what's this person's problem, right? Like, it's it's almost, it almost does become kind of a mantra. And, and I can, that's part of why I, I understand or at least can appreciate why someone on the outside would look at it and just be like, yeah, you guys are just kind of saying shit. It's true. Uh, it's one of the paradoxes of the entire program as far as I figured out early or, or recognized early. We are just saying shit, right? But at some point in your recovery, you'll be saying shit and you'll realize that you actually feel it. So, um, and again, I guess that's dangerously close to what she was saying that you're just reinforcing the behavior, but it, it's not like that. It's, you know, You've already accepted you're an alcoholic, presumably. So repeating that over and over to yourself isn't going to make that sink in. I'm referring more to the little parables that that are said, you know, uh, keep it simple. And and I can't think of them off the top of my head, but, but, you know, taking it easy, right? Like there's, I don't know, there's a ton of them that people say all the time and you just, they just kind of rattle off. But then at some point, the serenity prayer is a good, good example of it. Like, yeah, you just kind of repeat it, blah, 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 blah. But every now and then you feel it differently and you're like, yeah, please 
help me recognize the difference between what I can fucking impact and what I can't and when to know the difference, right? And notice that I left out the whole God comment there because it, it doesn't rely on some clear conscription of a God. It just fits in your heart with the, the, the sense of like, I need to know what is and what isn't real and be able to tell the difference. Um, so that was a really long nonsensical description of what it, declaring myself an alcoholic at the beginning of a meeting is like. And, uh, um, part of it is part of my self-consciousness, uh, with regards to introducing myself at the top of every one of these podcasts. The way is it, it, feels cheesy um i don't want it to become a i don't know like a catchphrase it's not a catchphrase and i'm i'm kind of treating it that way so i i'm i'm going to be more conscious of it and there's also an aspect of the way it's become a, a thing that's so associated with the program that maybe it really is and using it outside of the program isn't proper i mean the interesting thing about the program is there is kind of a home base and a set of group collective rules and expectations, but there's also no top-down authority. So I mean, what are they going to do? It's not like someone's going to take away my AA card, but it's just kind of a respect thing. So I'm not clear on whether that's uh, making light of it unintentional or not. And I, I don't know. I don't I don't need to ruffle anyone's feathers, so I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll stop using it. Maybe it'll most likely it'll just pop out because that's how it started is I just kind of inadvertently said it because I'm meeting with people who a lot of whom I know from in the rooms. So whatever. Um, but the bottom line for the other stuff is it's not a way to remind myself to remember that I'm an alcoholic. It's a way for me to acknowledge, hey, I have this issue and I'm aware of it. And what I'm about to say, what I'm about to share is coming from the perspective of an awareness inside me that I'm alcoholic. And what comes with that is a whole litany of issues, I suppose. You know, I, I can't, I, I can't take alcohol into my system safely, right? Like there's no, there's no, and, and by alcohol, I really mean any chemical ingested into my body, taken into my bloodstream with the intent of hiding from myself, with the intent of filling the void inside me or simply just checking out for a while, right? Like I can't do that consciously or even unconsciously, you know, without it being dangerous. Um, you know, that's, that's what that means to me. And I, I presume that's what it means to, to anyone who is in the rooms, any 12 step rooms, but AA specifically from, for me and my specific issues, I assume that anyone who's in there for recovery isn't saying that little preamble 
from that position of just like, this is me. I have this issue. Here's what I got to say about X, Y, Z. Um, which kind of leads into the, the second thing that I, or I guess the main thing that I, 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 I sat down to talk about just now, um, was having lunch with my father a week or so ago. And, uh, we were talking, uh, I guess we were talking about this podcast at first, but then, um, somehow we got to, I, I made some reference to being in recovery and then said something about so-and-so being, you know, I, I don't remember what the context was. I was referring to something in my past and it was, so they were like, you know, they weren't, they weren't sober. They were just not drinking, you know? And, and, and I think I said it like, you know, they're, 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 they're not in recovery, but they're not drinking. And uh, I may have said they're, they, they, they're sober, but not in recovery. And, and my father asked, you know, what, what, what is the difference then? You know, what, what does that mean? I'm just, just curious. Um, and, uh, first I realized, you know, for me, I kind of use the phrases, the terms, uh, recovery and sobriety interchangeably, right? Like to me being sober, truly sober, you know, not just not not just simply not drinking, but being sober and, and seeking recovery are, are basically synonymous. So, you know, I, I, as I told him, it was like, you know, not drinking is not being sober, right? You can, and, and I say this from experience, right? I, 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 I stopped drinking, um, June 10th of 2000. I stopped drinking cold turkey because, uh, you know, I was an alcoholic and I wasn't dealing with it. And I, I was just drinking constantly and, and becoming very, very out of control more than I ever admitted it to my wife at the time. Um, you know, she just knew that I was drinking a lot. And on that, the night, that particular night or the night before, which what I don't remember the exact date. Just remember June 10th was when I stopped drinking. Um, so presumably that night I had just gotten completely a blotto on gin and a, a couple of beers. Uh, and, you know, she found me wandering around the house with my kid, my, my six-month-old daughter, um, or not wandering around, but like trying to like rock her to sleep because she was a real fussy kid at that point. And, uh, my wife was like, what, what the fuck, dude? I, I went in the shower for 10 minutes and I come out and you're blackout drunk or, you know, whatever, like clearly sloppy, sloppy drunk, which to her was just a surprise because she just wasn't cognizant of how messed up I was before she went in the shower. I mean, I was just pretty good at holding it and she went in the shower and I guzzled a bunch of liquor and anyway you know she gave me an ultimatum and I was a good man right so I, I did the right thing and I, and I quit drinking right then I was like nope you know the choice is my family or the drink I'm yeah I'm whatever however old I was 28 I guess almost 28 like yeah I'm gonna not drink of course I'm gonna not drink I'm not a fucking asshole and then, and then I didn't drink, right? And I was, a, I don't know, maybe teetotal is another term for it. I don't, I don't know if that, 
if there's places in the world that that actually means something more significant than not drinking, but I was not, um, other than that, I, I didn't do anything, right? Like all, all I did was take my one coping mechanism, uh, getting hammered and remove it. And then I didn't really make any effort to replace it with anything, right? Like I, I think, I think it was going to a counselor for a brief period there, but again, that was all of it was driven by this need to get my wife off my back. Honestly, that was the long and short of it. And and no matter how much exposition I put on top of that to make it seem more personally driven, because obviously I knew I had a problem and I was, I was doing it because I needed to do it, but I most certainly wasn't doing it for myself. Right. Like I didn't, feel it in my heart I didn't feel it deep inside me so it was an ego thing right like a pride thing I I knew I was gonna lose her I was gonna lose my kid if I didn't stop and also what the fuck you know I'm a grown man or whatever my late 20s I should be able to not drink it's not that big a deal right it's just alcohol and I think a lot of people look at it that way and they see themselves that way as like well, I, that's a tough thing to say because a lot of people see it as a self-control thing because a lot of people aren't alcoholic is the way I look at that. So if you're not alcoholic, then of course there's no reason why you can't just put the drink down because you can take it or leave it. And it's a misunderstanding that people who can't do that are somehow of lesser character, right? And I certainly had that in my heart at the time. I felt like, well, I am of a higher character, so I will for sure be able to not do this and it, you know, reinf- I will be able for sure to not drink and it will reinforce my sense of having a higher character because I will be proving it and um through that action I will demonstrate to the world how much of a better man that I actually am, you know, not, not simply better than what I was before, but better than everyone else. Right. Cause I've taken this issue and I've kicked it and, uh, that's how I lived. Right. Like I lived like that for a few years. Um, and I, <laughs> I remember maybe six months into sitting on my hands like that couple incidences actually I blew up just fucking furious not even furious just like nasty unnecessarily rude and and pissy with um, the checker cashier at Target when I was shopping you know I guess for Christmas or something and my wife was just like a gas and I was like no that I was like no she was you know the person was a fucking moron this those things that they were asking me were fucking stupid. So I just let them have it. And, and my wife was just like, what the fuck dude. And I, I, it's funny. Cause I remember walking, you know, through that little incident and still feeling like I was righteous. So I was like, no, yeah, I, yeah, maybe I didn't need to talk to him like that, but they were fucking idiots. So they deserved it. Right. Like, like that kind of behavior. Right. It sticks out to me because it, it reminds me it's a glaring example of how I, I, I wasn't doing okay. Right. Like a (laughs) 
someone who's grounded, who has a, you know, a solid foundation of recovery, I would call it now, but of just being like a calm person, you know, I mean, everyone has moments, but it was just a flare up that was unnecessary, you know, like, and I, and I would never treat someone that way today. Not a stranger, not someone who's, you know, big offense is that they didn't understand the nuance of something they were asking and I didn't have the patience to deal with them. You know, I, I, I simply wouldn't respond that way today. Um, and it's because of my recovery, you know, similar incidents. I, I got, you know, whatever the cell phone provider that I switched called to like hassle me cause I didn't do something right. And I owed them a hundred bucks, even though I hadn't had the pro hadn't, you know, I'd gone to AT&T to Verizon or whichever, and the same thing, man, I just came fucking unglued on the person on the phone. And, you know, and I look over at my wife and she's just like, what the fuck, right? Because I, I can, looking back, I know what she was seeing. She was just seeing this, like, burbling rage monster that was just underneath the surface at all times waiting to come out that I was holding down with this, like, willpower of, like, I'm you know, I'm I'm going to show the world that I'm a better person. I can just keep calm, right? Like, because <laughs> again, I'd, I'd removed my coping mechanism. I, I've always been an agitated person. I've always been, you know, or as long as I can think, you know, conscious memories, I guess. I mean, I, you know, I referenced it in, in another episode of this. I, I, I've just had this underlying, like, just frustration and rage that's, like, driven me as to this mute frustration, I repeated that phrase, but all through my life, right? Like I would break toothbrushes with my teeth because I'd be so grouchy and so fucking angry as a kid and I wouldn't, it would just be un, undirected, just general rage. You know, that stuff that like using alcohol, funny way to put that, getting drunk helped alleviate because I just could like just let that shit go or, or like just feel... I don't know. Like, it just filled whatever rage hole was in there, whatever fucking emptiness was in me, right? And I'd taken that away, and I didn't have anything to fill it. So it was just being, you know, constantly... I had to have constant upkeep of, like, this is going to be okay, it's going to be okay, and then anything, depending on the situation, would just set me off, right? And You know, that's not recovery. That's, That's just not drinking, right? Like, recovery is an act. It's, it's looking to improve who I am by looking at myself, by, by acknowledging my flaws and my character defects and not just acknowledging them, but, but really looking at them and seeing if there's something I can do either to mitigate them, like get rid of them. I mean, I don't don't know that I can ever really get rid of my character flaws, but there's certain personality defects that I can definitely address and and flaws and character defects that I can't get rid of you know which are I'm guessing almost all of them if not this vast majority of them recovery for me is is coming up with new ways to handle them than my old ways right like that gets easily swept up into you know program speak of like giving it over to god or even like working through it with a sponsor or or giving it over to someone else for input 
however that works out. But seeking recovery is seeking a new approach to handling those character flaws, those character defects, because I acknowledge that what I've been doing isn't going to work, right? Like, obviously the alcohol is not going to work. And obviously the rage maniac isn't going to work, right? Like trying to tamp that down and maintain a constant vigil over all of the little things that can set me off isn't going to work. So what can work? What can work? What can work? Finding a new approach, you know, finding a way that to me is a calmness, finding serenity in my life, finding a way to seek serenity and come back to it. You know, that that's recovery. Recovery is an active improvement of my life and, and, or at least an attempt to improve my life to an, an attempt to improve who I am as a person, right? Like not drinking is great. It gets the alcohol out of the way, but if I'm not actually trying to do something to improve who I am as a person, then it's, you know, it's, it's not going to do anything for me. It's going to, it's just going to remove the one thing that that's because that's what I did. I just removed the one thing and I didn't bother with anything else about my character, about who I was as a person to try and make me a better person. I just took it for granted that I was already pretty great and the alcohol was just making me bad. So I take the alcohol out of there and I'm back to being pretty great. And that just, that doesn't fly, right? It doesn't fly for me. I mean, I, I can believe that some people, that's enough. I mean, my, my gut tells me they're probably just fooling themselves and they're just ignoring parts of their lives that they don't want to deal with. And that's fine. I mean, there's no, there's no rules to life, right? Like you can go through your entire life uh, like a wrecking ball and just destroy everybody who disagrees with you and just throw them away and just live your own ego driven I'm the I'm the only one who understands things kind of existence. Nothing will stop you. I mean, presumably, as long as you don't fucking whatever get killed or kill somebody or, or get in an accident. I mean, you you can live like that. I, I wouldn't want to. It sounds like a miserable existence, but you know, whatever. There's no rules, you know. And if if all I needed, you know, if all I needed back in 2000 that was June 10 2000 if all I really needed was to just let go of the alcohol that would have borne out right like I would have been an okay person like the rest of my life would have rolled out much more um (laughs) much much smoother than it did right but that's not the case um so you know the the big difference between you know just putting the plug in the jug versus being sober is just that, right? Like, I mean, I, when I, when I, okay, I guess the, the big, the big reason why I'm, I'm cautious about the idea, I mean, I, I don't even want to, I don't even want to in, encourage or even subtly reinforce the idea that it's simple, that simply removing the drug is sufficient, right? Like for someone like myself who could not stop drinking, I, I, I couldn't put it away, right? Like if I started to drink, there was, 
the, the occasions where I could stop drinking after a couple of beers or, you know, a glass of wine or two, maybe a shot or something like that, where it was just a handful of drinks and it was just a, a, a buzzy situation. The, the, the scenarios where I could stop at that amount, that amount compared to when all that meant was I was going to go full bore and be borderline blackout, certainly passing out before bed or passing out as going to bed, you know, that they were, it was far less frequent than I was able to just stop at a couple, right? Like that was the way I drank. And after a while, stopping in a couple was never even an option, right? Like I, I would pre-funk for dinner at home, right? Like there was always more, five times more alcohol in my body than I was acknowledging to the world that I was drinking, right? So there is no scenario for me in that. And if somebody comes to me and if I know of someone who drinks something like that, I am not going to suggest to them that simply removing the alcohol is enough, right? Like, I'm not going to tell them their business if that's what all they want to do. If they don't even want to do that, I don't give a shit either. I mean, everyone's life is their own. But if someone were to ask me or if they were to come to me and say, hey, what what do you think I should do? I would recommend more than simply removing the alcohol because willpower is not enough for me. And I don't think, honestly, I don't think, I don't think if someone's being honest with themselves that if they drink to that level, if they drink the way I just described, if they, (laughs) I mean, I, I was... Eventually, I was keeping bottles of vodka in the car with me, you know, and put it into water bottles so that I always had alcohol at the ready, always. You know, I was stashing wine bottles and vodka bottles around the house and in the garage and drinking to near blackout two or three times a week. And the other nights, just drinking until I passed out. Like, I mean, drinking to that level... And then removing the alcohol, willpower is not going to be enough. And I, and again, I think anyone who drinks to that level or anything close to that level, if they're being honest with themselves, or yeah, if they're being honest with themselves, would acknowledge that simply removing the alcohol isn't going to do it. That their willpower isn't going to hold out. And and maybe 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 that's not fair. Maybe saying they're being honest with themselves, maybe that's not fair. Maybe they need to experience it. And, and find out for themselves. And, and maybe they're the, you know, the the most powerful ego person out there and they their willpower simply is enough. I don't know. I've never met someone who drank like that who had enough willpower to make that function. Because the other half, as I experienced, is in order to maintain the level of willpower that that does eventually require, and it's perpetual willpower. It's not like willpower to get over a hump and then the rest of your life is just easy rolling. It's constantly, constantly vigil, constantly keeping an eye out and being like roughly and just like, oh, no, I don't drink that. And just sitting alone with yourself, knowing that you're so fucking thirsty that the only thing that possibly satiated would be a nice fucking frosty beer or ice cold whiskey just fucking burning down your throat 
Jesus fucking Christ, please give me that, right? Like those thoughts are going to go through your brain. And the only thing keeping you from that drink is your willpower. And at some point you're going to be super fucking tired. You're going to be super fucking hungry. You're going to be super fucking happy. Or you're going to be super fucking angry. And that willpower is just going to be like, fuck it. That's not going to be enough, man. You got to try something else. You got to figure out some other way to make it through that moment. Right? Because those moments are going to happen. Because your life is going to have life shit happen. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be really great times. There's going to be something where your, your, your conscious focus on what it's going to take for you. I keep directing this outward. What it would, what it took for me, you know, eventually just breaks down because I, I don't have that willpower. And again, I'm, I'm reflecting out to other people, projecting out to other people who, who drink similarly. comfortable saying you probably don't have that willpower either and why why fucking risk it right that's the other part of it is what if you drink like that why risk starting to drink again because that's that's the whole point it's like you've you've acknowledged in some way that this is a serious problem right like maybe you you're you're ignoring or avoiding the 12-step stuff where you're like your your life is unmanageable and you you you're powerless over the alcohol, right? Like those are humbling things to recognize and and back to the acknowledgement of being an alcoholic, right? Like I'm an alcoholic. That's humbling. And that's acknowledging that whole sense that I just described of like, I I can't handle it. And And this is me just acknowledging my humility in this, you know, Go go find recovery, man. If if the, if you drink like that, don't be shy about seeking recovery. And if if there's, I mean, the other thing is like there is a program out here, and it's here to help you. And I, I lean into it. I I participate as much as I can in it. You know, I'm not by any means or by any stretch of the imagination the best participant in it I mean I think <laughs> this podcast is an example both ways I suppose I mean I'm, I'm reaching out to people hopefully you know, that's my hope is reaching out to people with this but I'm also you know this this is taking the place of time that I could be that could be spent doing one-on-one stuff with other people and I don't know this 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 attracts me more and that's the other secret thing about the the program, you guys, is it works however you make it work for you, and, you know. And I I use the program as a conduit to my recovery. Right, it isn't my recovery. The twelve steps are not my recovery. They are a path that helps keep me directed towards recovery. And that's how I use them, and that's how I approach it when I do try and work with other people. It's not, the the program isn't the objective. The program is just a way to help us get to the objective, and that objective is lifelong recovery. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I feel like I've, I lost the thread of the difference between recovery versus sitting on your hands. Um, but it, you know it's a very simple difference and it makes 
all the difference in the world. Um, and honestly, if if you're listening to this and you're somebody who who drinks like that or you're worried that you drink like that or that you're worried about someone you love who drinks like that, you know, just go find recovery, right? Like, <laughs> I say that like it's a simple thing. I mean, it's simple, but it's not easy. Admit to yourself that uh, what you're doing isn't working. And, uh, you know, see if you can try something new, right? I mean, that's where I was going with that a second ago. I lost my thread of train of thought. But, you know, the the, the programs are out there to help you. And if, if, if you just need it to, like, get an idea of how to do it and then go on and try something else, do that too. Like, I mean, nobody cares. That's the best part about the fucking program, right? Nobody fucking cares. You want to come in, you want to use it and dive yourself right in, you'll be welcomed with open arms. If you want to come in and just kind of skirt around the, the edges and get an idea of it and you're not sure, you want to test it and come back, you're going to be welcome with open arms. Like, you're always welcome with open arms. And and if you're not, that's those people's fault. That's not your fault. That's that's the, the fault of those specific people. That's not the fault of the program, Right? The program just is there. It's just a bunch of words on a piece of paper and the people who infuse it with life are the people in the room. So you go from one room to another room and you're going to get a different energy. Find a, find a room with energy you like. Find some people in the rooms with energy you like. And go talk to them, right? Like, if you like them, they've probably got something that you'll that you'll relate to and maybe you'll make a friend. I mean... Who can't use more friends, right? Even if in the bottom line all it is is a friendship, it's better than no friendship, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I get frustrated at the idea some people seem to have that... I don't even know. I, I've just had interactions with people over the years who, who kind of poo-poo the program and 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 look at the statistical, you know, the attrition rate and... And yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue that. There's terrible attrition rate. Like, people go out all the time because, you know, what the fuck is recovery? What the fuck is sobriety? What the fuck is consciousness, right? Like, how do you define what is a sober conscious, you know, how do you define consciously sober when you can't even describe fucking consciousness, right, with any real accuracy in a way that's universally understood? I mean, defining consciousness first, then define what it means to be sober in consciousness, right? Like... Where do you draw the line? So, of course, you're going to have a high attrition because nobody fucking even knows what you're doing. But that aside, I have a, a fundamental issue with that. I, I don't I don't feel like that's a fair way of evaluating the success or uh, effectiveness of the program by, you know, statistically you know, evaluating how many people come and go from the program and, and whatever the fuck that means. Um, I mean, I, I look at it as like the analogy of like a, a martial art, right? Like you can't go into a martial art and not throw yourself into it and then expect to see results, right? Like that, the, the, the idea that, well, you know, X number of people go into the program and then, you know, 90% of them don't find long-term, lifelong sobriety. I mean, again, what do you even use as a metric to say is successful? 
but those are those people, right? Like you, you go, how many people would go into a karate class and then say, well, no, karate doesn't work because, you know, I went in there 20 times and then I got in a fight and I wasn't able to just destroy the guy because he was a better fighter than me, right? Like there's nothing to do with it, right? Like if you want to put yourself into a martial art for the rest of your life and dedicate yourself to it, yeah, at some point down the line, you're going to get in a fight and you'll probably be okay, right? And that's not because you took 20 lessons and you walked away and, you know, a few years later you were able to handle yourself. It's because you were actively working on, you know, in that case, your your <laughs> your program of martial arts, karate. So I don't know. It's not a perfect analogy, I guess, but it, it kind of illustrates the point. I, my, my, my whole issue is I feel like it's just a, we don't have the correct way of evaluating it, right? Like, again, I, I don't even know what the fuck it means to be a conscious person, let alone what a sober conscious person is, right? Like, where do you, how do you define these things from the outside when they're all from the inside? So that you're, 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 you're kind of lost out of the gate. And yeah, there are socially and economic metrics that can be attached to it, which, again, my, my, guess is we just don't have the proper way of evaluating it yet to get a true idea of how it works. And and <laughs> I don't mean to be selling the program like that. Like it works for me because I gave myself over to recovery and this was here, right? Like it's a set of rules, little simple things I can do. I can follow instructions. I can meet with some people and, and have them you know, defer to their wisdom or even have faith that they understand it better than me. And I'll just do what they say, do what they ask me to do and interpret my responses in a way that makes sense to me and interpret the world through the fucking program in a way that makes sense to me. And lo and behold, I'm part of it, right? Like, cause part of my story is I've always been apart from, right? No matter what I was doing from, I don't know, elementary school up the more I got involved with people and doing things as a group and involved in any collection collective I was always too cool for it right and this is one of the first times where I walked into a collection of people and boy you know these are a lot of fucking weirdos and losers and instead of being like super cool and way too cool for school and like dismissive I set that shit aside and accepted, hey, uh, uh, I'm an alcoholic. These people are alcoholics. We're, we're the same people. And instead of like figuring out some way to sidestep that and, and wheedle my way to the top of some made-up hierarchy in my head, I just kind of breathed into it and thought, you know what, these are my people. I'm part of this. And man, as soon as I did that, everything just started to change. So, you know, if it seems like I'm kind of selling it here a little more than I perhaps mean to, it's because it's there for you. You know, if you need help, it's right there. And it's really not that big a deal. I mean, nobody fucking cares if you come and go. All anybody wants is to help you get sober, help you find recovery. And that's what I'm hoping for, too, actually. I mean, that's part of why I'm doing this. Is I'm, I'm hoping, this podcast, I'm hoping to reach out 
and and I'm hoping to touch people who might otherwise shy away from even looking at it and hopefully give you insight I don't know so yeah that's my unnecessarily long blathering about the differences between recovery and not drinking um I hope that was cool um and uh if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook and you can find me at the contact uh, link on the eavesdrop podcast network. Um, but I don't know, man, if you're, if you're struggling in any way, my heart goes out to you and uh, definitely reach out. I will, I will give you as much energy as I can. And uh, if I can't give you a lot, I will, definitely help direct you to someone who can Uh, I love all of you enjoy the rest of your day